Charlie loves cherry, so he fills his froster with wild cherry, cherry cola, and tops it off with cherry limeade. It's the cherry on Charlie's day. Mix the polar pop or froster that works for you. Just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. There's a difference between do-it-yourself and do-it-for-a-living. At The Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Stephen Jodderand. Joining me today, as always, is Jake Watroba and Armand Kafai. And on today's episode, it's the big one, the U.S. men's national team. Take on Guyana in St. Paul at Allianz Field. We're all excited to play the 175th ranked team in the FIFA rankings. But before we get to the discussion, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star review and follow us on Twitter at UncleSamSoccerPod. Go back, listen to yesterday's episode. We discussed the women celebrating and the Women's World Cup as a whole. Now, fellas, man, nothing is more enticing than the U.S. playing the 175th ranked team in the world. You just love to see it. You, you love it. You just love to see it. You love to see it. There's nothing better than than seeing the U.S. men's national team take on Guyana, two teams that don't like each other very much. Let's see, what other, what other sports cliches can I throw out there? When these two teams get together, you can throw the records out the window. Man, I am so pumped to watch the U.S. men's national team play Guyana. I can't even point to where Guyana is on the map. Matter of fact, I think it's in South America. How is this team in CONCACAF? Should they be in CONCACAF? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually a good, uh, good question. Guys, let, let's play some Q&A. Let's learn about Guyana. Where is it geographically? What countries do you think surround Guyana? Armand? I know nothing. I, I, I'm not uh, good. I'm, take, I'll a, I'm not good. I'll take a stab. Venezuela? Yes. Curacao? No. There's another CONCACAF nation that's in South America. Okay, besides... five stars. Give, me, give you a hint. Five stars. Aruba. What? No. Five stars. Soccer related. It's a soccer related hint. Five stars. The stars above Brazil. Brazil. Okay. It is also the third smallest sovereign state on mainland South America after Uruguay and Suriname. And it's one of how many nations competing in CONCACAF, Armand? Three. Suriname, French Guiana, and uh, French Guinea, excuse me. In Guyana. These are the three South American teams that are competing in CONCACAF. Let's talk about the squad. A heavy English presence. 11 of the players actually play in England. And all of these players were born in England. Eight of the 11 play non-league football. 
And Steven, they also have an MLSer on their team, but he will not be making an appearance in the Gold Cup due to a broken foot. That is Philadelphia Union defensive midfielder Warren Craval. Like I said, he will be out due to a broken foot. So from the looks of it, eight of the 11 players play non-league football. We have one MLSer. Who's not going to be not, there. <laughs> not going to be there. So not a whole lot of professional soccer players on this Guyanan national team. Armand, give us some quick notes regarding the U.S. men's national team, some developments that have happened over the course of the last week. Yeah, so as we learned, Tyler Adams is out with an injury. Uh, he won't be in the Gold Cup. Reggie Cannon was called in. Dwayne Holmes was also out with an injury as well. Jordi Mahalovic, uh, I think a Burhalter favorite and a hipster pick to be your favorite young MLS player, according to some writers across the league, <laughs> is now put in. Shots the, fired. Uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, now put into the uh, Gold Cup. Uh, um, There's only two news right there. Listeners, yeah, this is not the best preview of this game, but what is there to the preview? And this leads us to the question of the day. Can the U.S. men's national team ease the minds of fans in tonight's game? No, Hell no. Hell no. They're going to make it worse. No. <laughs> no. They can oh. win t- they can win 13-0 and not celebrate. And <laughs> I'd still be concerned. <laughs> uh, I can I, can I just be that guy, the sports f- f- just be that evil mastermind in sports. I want the US men's national team to score 10 plus goals and then have the world, the media world blow up Twitter I don't know, might go extinct talking about goal celebrations. I'm here for it, but it won't happen because the U.S. won't score 10. <laughs> I think <laughs> I hope they'll score 10. Okay, but uh, no, I, they won't. No they way. won't score 10. This game will be more interesting than it needs to be, I think. Wow. Wow. And I, I do think you guys have a point here. Listeners at Unc Sam Soccer Pod, question of the day. Can the U.S. men's national team ease the minds of fans in tonight's game? And I, I think the overwhelming answer is no. They could win, like Armand said, 10-plus against Guyana, and it really won't, wouldn't mean anything. Because let's face it, guys, would we actually learn anything if they scored 10-plus goals against the 175th team in the world? No, what is there to learn? They should destroy Guyana. There's no reason why they shouldn't. I mean, come on. You said, what are they ranked, 170-something in the FIFA, FIFA rankings? I mean, the U.S. should handle this team with ease and i think it's sad that we're at this point with u.s soccer where it's are we gonna feel any better about ourselves if we beat guiana i mean you really shouldn't but <laughs> like I, I mean let's let's face it if if the u.s if the u.s like wins 2-1 on tuesday are you guys gonna be oh, surprised by that are you no. guys gonna go oh well that doesn't really surprise me with the way they've been playing no i'd be surprised there's, there's nothing no i i would, that would see, be a I, terrible I would, result yeah that would that's that's it the would thing. be a terrible result but I, I it wouldn't surprise me you know what else wouldn't surprise me if they won eight nothing that also wouldn't surprise me. there's nothing the u.s can do in this match that'll make me feel better about the, the direction that they're going in right now any chance they lose no if they lose I, if they lose pro halter shouldn't get off that bus i'd we resign get on the bus i would resign the bus, yeah. resign right then and there i think i think there's no think... way. I don't think there's any way they'll lose. Okay, I, I really don't, because 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 the talent level, the disparity. I think forget it, Greg. Natural talent, just talent on the team. They'll 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 win it. They'll win it. Now will it be comfortably. I don't know. Will they struggle to break down this team. I don't know. Maybe it'll be two zero or three zero, 
And then you might say, mm, that's not the most convincing result. I think it's the only but way it's going to What would be convincing? 8 nothing? I mean, what nothing. in our eyes? Anything would be convincing. So, so the problems with this team, whether it's on the coaching side, players' mind, the lack of talent throughout the U.S. soccer system, nothing would be put to ease in this match. And I think that's completely correct. I don't know, listeners tweeted us at UncSamSoccerPod, what actually could be put to, to ease. I mean, you're playing a team that's the 175th team in the world. And I think this is a problem for the U.S. men's national team is that they do not face competition that will actually challenge them. And when they do get punched, it, it could go quite south for the U.S. when they lost Jamaica under Jurgen Klinsmann. And, yeah, maybe Jurgen Klinsmann is to blame. Maybe the players are to blame. But I personally also would blame the Federation, the fact that they don't play a competition regularly that is competitive enough. What did Tata Martino say the other day, Armand? Tata talked about how if it was up to him, Mexico would actually be playing in Copa America instead of in the Gold Cup. And he goes on, it's from a Mediotempo.com, talks about how they prefer to play in a Gold Cup because Mexico plays a lot of their matches, if not most of their matches, in the United States. He wants them to get out of their comfort zone, go to South America, and play against much superior competition in Ball versus CONCACAF. And he also mentions the article he'd rather have his teams playing in the Copa Libertadores rather than the CONCACAF Champions League, just so they can get more experience in these more tougher environments. I mean, that's a mic drop round of applause for Tata Martino. Do you think Burrowhalter would ever say that, Jake? <laughs> Seeing as he comes from MLS? No, I mean, what Tata said reminded me a lot of what Jurgen said when he was here. And I'm not sitting here saying Jurgen's the best manager the U.S. has ever had. But how many times do we tell or we hear... Jurgen challenge U.S. players and say, get your ass to Europe. How many times did we hear Jurgen talk about how we need to be playing better teams internationally? We need we, we can't be playing the Guianas of the world. We can't be playing Guatemala and Honduras. We need to go and be playing Italy, the Netherlands, Germany. We need to be but challenging ourselves. But not in ourselves. friendlies because the U.S. did that last fall. Italy, Brazil, Holland. We did no, that. No, you're right. But but they, they, they really can't get – the, the only competition that they can get into is a Copa America. That's only if they're invited. So you can't – I mean, the U.S. is kind of stuck because they play in CONCACAF. You can't really blame them because they play well, in the Gold no, Cup. No, but the, then the Federation should take ownership of this problem. Obviously, Mexico and Tata Martino would be interested in this. Develop a different competition. Fine, keep Copa America – if that wants to be a carnival thing, fine. Create a new competition that fits in every other year. Or make gold, the Gold Cup just once every four years and then fit in this new competition and you pair it up with the South American teams. You make it a 24-team competition and, and, and you cycle it through. You probably host the first game, the first round of games in America and then you take it south to Brazil and then you bring it to Mexico and then you bring it... I don't know, to, to a different nation. You, you cycle them through. But this is a huge problem with the U.S. men's national team because here we are, obviously, into an, somewhat of an important competition. I think this competition has increasingly gotten more important based on the results of the friendlies the last couple of weeks. And here we are playing the 175th ranked team in the world. Tell me what good does this do? For the U.S. men's national team. It's a good practice run for when they get revenge against Trinidad and Tobago on (laughs) 
Saturday or something <laughs> next week, and I can't remember what day they play. That that's all it is. It's a tune-up. That's all it is. It's literally it. This is this is the equivalent of playing your your World Cup tune tune-up against Azerbaijan. That's what this is. Yeah, man. I, I, it's 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 not gonna help ease any minds or anything. But you know what? You gotta do. You gotta play the competition. You gotta do it. So here you are. You play. You only you can only play who's in front of you. So as long as they get a good, comfortable result, which is not like a 2-0, then I guess you just smile, move on, move on to the next game, which are much more important. Panama and Trinidad coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. U.S. women's national team plays Sweden. The U.S. play Trinidad. Both teams they lost to in some uh, controversy, or the outcomes were controversial. Not the outcome itself was controversial, but what happened post-match was very controversial, and it kind of lit some things on fire. Now, listeners, question of the day. How do you feel? Can the U.S. men's national team ease part of your mind in tonight's match in St. Paul? Now, Jake, you, you uh, in the pre-show notes, pulled some comments from Berhalter, Greg Berhalter, U.S. men's national team manager, in the sit-down Q&A with Jeff Carlisle of ESPN from June 12th. And these are some interesting quotes. And I think somebody might be feeling the pressure here. Yeah, I got uh, two questions here that Jeff Carlisle asked Greg Berhalter. Uh, the, the first question was, what will constitute success at this Gold Cup? Is it win or bust? Or is it more about players getting knowledge about your system and your tactics? Greg Berhalter responds with, it's about competing. It's about our tactics, the way we play. It's about going through this process and learning together because tournaments are a learning process for a group. So it's about those three things. Then to me, it's ultimately about putting ourselves in a position to win. We know Mexico is a, a very good team, probably the favorites of the tournament. We know that's a good team. We know that Panama has an experienced team. We know it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be good for this group to dig and have to compete for something. Guys, that kind of that kind of sounds like a non-answer. It doesn't really sound like he's setting expectations at all. He just kind of says, yeah, he's we're nervous. just here to learn. He's nervous. He he's feeling been, the heat. He's feeling the heat, but he's nervous because he's like, oh boy, maybe the mental makeup of this team is not what I thought it was, and they crumble under any type of outside of threat. I'm you know, Jake, you, you, yeah, Jake, you pulled, you, sorry, Jake, you pulled this quote. It's actually really interesting because it doesn't, to me, portray any confidence. To me, it's a lot of, oh yeah, like, you know, Mexico's good. Uh, they're a good team. Panama's good. They're a good team. You know, it's going to be good to get it's experience. It's a fitness comment. Remember, you know? it goes back to that like, fitness comment. Like, what is this? Like, it's it's a learning process. No, it's, it's not. It, it's, it's a competition that should be won. The learning process should have been in 2018 while the U.S. men's national team was wasting their time with Dave Sarakan. That's their learning process should have been. Not during your first competitive matchup. Your learning process should have been in those games against Italy, uh, you know, instead of watching a terrible 4-1-4-1, instead of, you know, us waiting on, you know, a coach in the World Cup, we end up with the guy who's going to be there from the get-go regardless of what happens, who decide, you know what, I'm going to take my time, you know, finish with the Columbus crew because the crew is more important than the men's national team. There's there, the, the, the learning process shouldn't be now. This is on U.S. soccer and Baralter. The learning process should have been all that time wasted under Dave Sarakan. Not now. Not the Gold Cup. Not a competitive matchup. Well, 
You Mexico isn't saying this. You're frustrated. Mexico isn't saying this. Mexico isn't saying this. Mexico isn't saying this. They had the they had the vacancy filled it in less time than the United States did. Think about that. They went to you a guys, World Cup. Like they, they went to a World Cup. They got knocked out. Uh, they got knocked out uh, in the knockout stage. They, they, their coach left. They hired a better coach than the U.S. did when the U.S. had more time. And now they're excelling without like with six or seven stars missing. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It'll be interesting to see what happens if, let's say, after the first 45 minutes tonight, if this match is tied nil-nil, Guiana, USA. Oh, the pressure this team, will be on. How this team reacts in the second half. Because that's, that, that is – you talk about a team that's not very confident in themselves. What happens when they, when they can't get a goal in the first 45 minutes? Or what happens when – Guiana, let's just say Guiana hits them in the mouth first. And what happens? Does this team just crumble with everything that's been going on right now? There, Greg Baralter's comments do not bestow a man that is very confident in his side right now. What happens when the about- fans? What happens when the fans sense like, oh crap, this could be a long game? Do you not think that could have a huge influence on on the mental makeup of these players? I mean, fans are going to turn. They're going to get impatient, like you said. Guyana's 175 in the world, or whatever. People know that they're not they're not facing a very good team, and fans will get very impatient if the U.S. don't make quick business of them. So, but I want to move on to the second question here before we wrap up. Jeff Carla asked Greg Berhalter, having played in Europe, to what extent is the culture over there more cutthroat than it is over here? Berhalter says it's not the same, but I think you have leagues that are more established. That's what it is. There are leagues where you don't have a salary cap, so money is driving most of this. When you're talking about cutthroat, when you're talking about pressure, what's it driven by? Money. That's all it's driven by. So when there's big TV contracts and to win the Champions League, you get X amount. And if you get relegated, you lose X amount. That's where some of this comes into play. I think MLS has done a great job of growing and improving the quality of its league but we're still not where the Premier League is or the Bundesliga is, and that's normal. But what we've done over the last five years alone is amazing. Wow, look at little old MLS. Isn't that just amazing what we've done here? Oh, the difference between the U.S. women's national team and the U.S. men's national team is that one seems to actually be able to take the punches and respond. The other, turtles. Deflects. And deflects, Yeah. Also, it is a little bit of a, of a leading question, you know, having played in Europe, to what extent is the culture over there more cutthroat than over here? It is more cutthroat. We all know that. I think it's a little bit of a leading question, though, saying, hey, look, like, to what extent is it? I, and Greg might be, you know, I have to be a little bit defensive, saying, hey, look, I coach in MLS. Like, I, I, I am a little bit a part of MLS's growth as a whole with my involvement uh, as a, that, that dual technical director or whatever, GM and coach role. Uh, with, with the league, but I, at the same time, I think there's a lot better way to answer that. You know, yeah. You, there's a lot better way to answer that, in it, rather than pressure. Pressure's all driven by money. I mean, yeah, you could say that, but I mean, is it really? Like, is, is that what's pressuring some League One team to move up the championship? Money. I, I think there's a little bit more behind it, and while a lot of it might be money, I think there is a lot more in. He's always not gonna go off on the Brad Friedel less Grant. Yeah, we should stand by their cars and smash their windows or something like that. But well, it's, it's a very non-answer. Personal you know, pride. One, the one thing, 
the one thing I've noticed, and I think you guys will agree with me on this, Borhalter is very neutral with his answers. Whenever he says yeah. stuff, he's very he's not he's not like he's not saying, Oh yeah, this or oh yeah, that. She's like, Yeah, we're gonna do this. I don't yeah, know yeah, if it's, it's neutral it's because it's it's a little it's a little cutthroat, but MLS is okay too. Or yeah, yeah, we're in the gold cup. Do you want to win it or what's a we're we're we're, we're gonna compete? Maybe, yeah, but play. look, 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 Armand. It would, work, it would work if the U.S. men's national team was at the top, or say on level exactly. with Mexico. I'm not saying it's good. No, I, yeah, good. but it, it sounds more of a deflection than it. It, it sounds neutral. Second, exactly. non-answer. Yeah, it, non-answer. it's a non-answer. I don't know, listeners. Do you agree? Disagree with us? Question of the day: Can the U.S. men's national team ease the minds of you, the fans, in tonight's games? We are a resounding no. Let us know at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Come back tomorrow. We're heading south. We're in chat. Austin FC talking about the buzz with Josh Babeski. Come back Thursday. We'll talk U.S. men's national team with a special guest and preview the match against Trinidad and Tobago. Follow us at Armand Kafai, at Jake Watroba, at Steven Jodder, and go back, listen to some previous episodes. We have a wonderful interview with Las Vegas Lights FC owner Brett Lashbrook. Listeners, keep us posted. Come back tomorrow. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. There's a difference between do-it-yourself and do-it-for-a-living. At The Home Depot, we get that. And we're here to help pros get the job done with the products and brands you trust. Technology to keep your job on track. Job site delivery to save you time. And bulk pricing on over 4,000 items every day to save you money. When you've got a job, we're on the job. The Home Depot. More saving, more doing.